Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. And so the idea is that, you know, in Ayurveda, the way we live is we, on a daily basis, course correct to bring ourselves closer back to balance. Again, you'll never achieve it completely. But when you're closer back to balance, you will have optimal health. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're, We're your hosts, hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Hello, lady. We are so excited for today's guest. We have a very special guest in Cultivating Her Space. So we're going to tell you a little bit about her and then we're going to jump into the conversation. Dr. Avanti is an internationally recognized speaker and thought leader in Ayurveda. Her expertise has been sought out by everyone from celebrities to Fortune 500 companies. In addition to working privately with individuals, Dr. Avanti is a leading expert at prestigious medical and wellness industry conferences, as well as elite graduate and undergraduate institutions. She also works with women and men who are ready to take their health back and replenish their mental, physical, and emotional energy so they can live a vibrant life filled with joy, meaning, and purpose. Dr. Avanti, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. We're so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Of course. And so we are going to dive into our quote of the day. And as you hear it, Dr. Avanti, it will sound pretty familiar to you. Health is more than the absence of disease. It's the presence of harmony within you and with everything around you. I believe everyone can achieve it. So Dr. Avanti, 
when you put this quote on your website and you thought of this quote, what was coming up for you? What message were you hoping to really to convey to folks as as they read those words? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a little unexpected that you were going to quote me. I was expecting a quote from someone else. So thank you. That's very flattering. You know, really, when I wrote that, it was sort of the essence of what I'm trying to do, the mission that I'm trying to achieve, which is to help people take their health back into their own hands and to realize that they have so much healing power within them and that the people that are outside of them, the doctors, the nurses, the physical therapists, all of the health professionals that are out there are all there as guides. They're there to help them along their health journey, not to dictate it, right? And so I want people to realize that they have so much knowledge within and that, you know, really health is, you know, I always say health is found and lost or lost and found in the everyday moments of life, not in a doctor's office or a therapist's chair or a yoga studio. All of those things are helpful. But it's what we do on a daily basis, and that wisdom is within us. So that's really where the the sort of the spirit of that quote was coming from. That is so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And we're going to dive into your best practices and the tips that you're going to share with us. But you have such an inspiring backstory, and I thought it was also interesting that you began your career as an ER doctor. Like that is so cool. So can you talk about? What does it mean for you and your family for you to be who you are and where you are today based on where you come from? It's an interesting question. I'm first generation. My parents immigrated here from India and I'm one of two daughters, the older daughter of two. And, you know, honestly, my parents came here to have a better life and to provide everything that they could for their kids and especially two daughters, right? And they came from India. They wanted us to achieve as much education and have as much higher education as we could. And the reason I'm saying all this is that because, you know, I started my life in sort of this, you know, uh, bubble of this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to medical school. And I I wanted to go to medical school, but I never considered anything else in any other healing profession other than becoming a physician because of, you know, my history, my culture and where I came from and the sacrifices that my parents made. They never forced it on me, but it was something that was sort of Just, you know, I wanted to do that. And I think where I am now, it was, you know, for the past 10, 12 years, it's been rough. My parents have been like, what are you doing? (laughs) You went to medical school, you did your training, you spent all this time, all this money, you took all these loans and you're doing what? You're walking away and you're going back to Ayurveda, which they totally believe in, but it's sort of like they came from India. They're like, Usually when you come from something, you don't even realize how powerful it is until you don't have it anymore, which is what happened to me, right? And so I think finally in the past few years, my family finally understands what I have been doing and why I have been doing it. And it's not because more people are interested. It's because I've been dedicated to it for a long time and they've seen changes in my health and wellness, which is the reason I started. But then they've also seen the impact that I'm having on other people. And they're like, okay, we get it now. So I think it's been a journey. And there were a lot of questions and sort of like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? This is so unstable. It's so unknown. 
And we've kind of come almost full circle. That's beautiful. You know, I think that that happens a lot in families where when you take a big leap and a risk Mm -hmm. in terms of what people, the, the quote unquote traditional route that folks are used to and you step outside of that, even if it is going back to what you know, right? Right. And so Mm -hmm. I want to step back just a moment. And for our audience, can you tell us what is Ayurveda? And and correct me if I pronounced Mm -hmm. it wrong. No, you, you, you said it exactly right. So Ayurveda is the healing tradition that originated in India. It is the oldest system of healing. It's over 5,000 years old. And it actually is considered the mother of all healing systems because it contains the roots of all other healing systems, including Western medicine and traditional Chinese medicine. They all have their roots in Ayurveda. Really, if I had to boil down the essence of Ayurveda into sort of one neat little package, which It's hard to do, but just to get your brain around it, because it's thousands and thousands of years, but also thousands and thousands of pages of Vedic texts that it comes from, right? But it really comes down to this idea that when you live in harmony with nature, you will have optimal and vibrant health. Full stop. That's really what it comes down to. It's about living in harmony with the universe, with the world that you are around, and When you do that, you are going to feel good. You are going to keep yourself closer to balance. There's no such thing as perfect balance, but you're going to keep moving yourself towards balance. And so in Ayurveda, it's all about imbalance balance, right? We hear this for people who may have heard of Ayurveda. They may have heard this idea of, you know, energies, bioenergies, doshas, as we call them in Sanskrit. The idea is that you're born with a certain proportion of the five elements of nature which is what makes up everything in nature, right? So that's air, space, fire, water, and earth. And at the time of birth, we have a certain proportion of those five elements within us, which then determines our constitution, our mind-body constitution, our bioenergy, whatever you want to call it. And at the time of birth and then at the time of death is the only time that you'll be in perfect harmony or perfect balance of that constitution that you're born with. From that moment on, you are always going to be in and out of balance, or you'll be moving further away from balance or moving closer to balance. And the point of an Ayurvedic lifestyle and of Ayurveda is to try and basically what I say course correct, which is when you have symptoms that are showing up, that's an indication, that's a sign, that's your body, your mind, your spirit telling you that you are starting to get off balance, that you are getting out of harmony from your natural constitution. And so take notice and do something, right? Change something, even something small. And so the idea is that, you know, in Ayurveda, the way we live is we, on a daily basis, course correct to bring ourselves closer back to balance. Again, you'll never achieve it completely, but when you're closer back to balance, you will have optimal health. So sort of a long-winded answer, but that's really what Ayurveda is about. That was perfect and so helpful to kind of visualize what it is and how it can work for us. I love that you also emphasized that outside of being born and dying, we are always in and out of balance. I think sometimes there's this 
this unrealistic expectation that we're going to achieve this perfection. So whether we're on a, a health and wellness journey, we're like, oh, I'm, I'm great now. It's set it and forget it. But I love that you emphasize that. We can use that in different aspects of life, that we're always in and out of balance. We're always going to be course correcting. So when it comes to the Ayurvedic diet, how does it support the mind and body based on living in harmony with the seasons that we're going through? Yeah. So really it comes down to that basic principle, which is live in harmony with the seasons. So that's, you know, this whole idea of eating local and organic, that's Ayurvedic. That comes from Ayurveda. That's the OG as far as I'm concerned, right? It's the idea. And this, and this is actually in every culture, every, it doesn't matter which area of the world you, your family comes from, which continent your ancestors, you know, generations before you lived in this way. They ate what was available, what was provided by Mother Nature, right? Mother Nature is so much more intelligent than we are as humans. And she knows what to provide at what times of the year to help us keep in balance, right? So for example, in the summer, right? What are the kinds of things that are easily available? Well, we have fruits and vegetables, lots of juicy fruits, fruits and vegetables that have a high water content, a high sugar content. Why is that? Because when it's hotter outside, we need those things in our bodies to keep us cool, to prevent dehydration in the body. That's why Mother Nature provides those things. Now, if we continue to eat those kinds of fruits and vegetables all year round, that's when we start to go out of balance, right? Another example that will kind of bring this home is in the wintertime, when it's the colder months, fall and winter, we have the harvest of root vegetables. They're heavier, they're denser, they're starchier. We have more fats, you know, in the winters for those people who eat animal protein, they would kill the animal and, and store that protein, right? And be able to access in the winter because it's a little heavier. It has more fat. It has more of those nutrition, the nu nutrients that you need to stay warm and nourished in the winter time, right? Because there isn't an abundance of fruits and vegetables. And that's why we, if you look at the recipes that are made in most cultures, they have in the winter time more sugar, more fat, more, carbo more carbohydrates and starchy root vegetables. Those are the recipes we make. There's a reason, right? So that is just a simple example of how eating in harmony with the seasons will keep you in balance. Now, you shouldn't be eating those kind of root vegetables all year round because that's when we start to have imbalance. It's also not what Mother Nature provides at those times. Outside of like looking at what's available at the grocery store, how do we know what's in season? Because I eat everything just all year round. So I need, I need your help, Dr. Ronzi. How do you know what's yeah. in season? <laughs> so that's a great question. It's one actually I get a lot and it's a really simple, easy solution. You know, and the reason that we don't know is because especially living in the United States, everything is flown in from everywhere all year round. So you can be eating strawberries in Chicago where I live in January when it is freezing outside. That's not normal. Like you should not be eating strawberries in the middle of winter in Chicago in cold weather, right? So I think that the, the easiest clue is when you go to the grocery store, whatever is cheapest and most abundant in the grocery store, in the produce section, that's what's in season, ah. right? Apples are cheaper 
in the fall, right? In the late, late summer, early fall, because they're abundant. They're much cheaper. You get tons of varieties in most grocery stores, right? But they're not as cheap in the middle of winter in February. They're a lot more expensive. So that's a really good, simple trick to think about. Now I have more follow-up questions, right? So because what I'm thinking about is, and and, and I'm going to own right now that this must be a level of privilege that I have, that I go in the grocery store in the produce section and I don't necessarily pay attention to when the prices are rising and falling per se. I'm more so like, okay, well, this is what I want to eat right now. So this is what I'm picking up, right? And not necessarily paying to attention to the price unless it's a drastic change. But I'm also curious about, so when you live in climates, like Terry and I live in the Bay Area. San Francisco itself is pretty cool most of the year, right? So like right now at the time that we're recording this episode, it's like 55 degrees, you know, and we're in the, we're in the middle of August. And so and then I think about tropical climates where it's going to be like 80 degrees all year round. How do we not necessarily for the tropical climates cuz when those places I feel like they tend to have an abundance of what works for their season, but for us here in the United States in places like San Francisco where we have access, how do we know what to choose really? So I think it comes back to sort of going a little bit with your gut, you know, and and also thinking about what season it is, you know, how we define the seasons in the States. So, you know, right now we're late summer, very early fall, sort of that, you know, that time of year, it's a little bit of a cusp right now. And so, you know, that I mean, I think that you can't just go by the weather outside. You also have to go by what the season is, right? And think a little bit about that. What it also comes down to is some of the principles in Ayurveda that are very personal also that you you apply to yourself personally. So it also is about what is going on within you specifically. So even though both of you, Terry and Dom, live in the Bay Area, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that both of you should be eating the same thing because it depends on what's going on for each of you. Terry, you mentioned you're a new mom, right? You might have different symptoms that are showing up for you because of a little bit of an imbalance. You're nursing, you have a baby, right? Then Dom does, right? So there's going to be differences in what symptoms or imbalances, however subtle or obvious they are, that will be showing up. Based on those symptoms, then you start to apply the principles of Ayurveda. The specific principle is called the golden principle, which I call the golden principle, which is like increases like and opposites reduce. And you basically are going to pick foods that will reduce the qualities of the symptom that you have. So Ayurveda is a very qualitative science. Everything has qualities that you can describe. And there's 20 pairs of, uh, sorry, 20 qualities that are paired as opposites of 10. And so they balance each other out. So hot and cold, let's just use that one. That's simple, right? So even though you guys are in, you know, a cooler temperature right now, but it's late summer, right? That can get confusing. So rather than looking at that, start to look and say, okay, you know, for me, 
I'm having a lot of, I'm feeling a lot of hot flashes. I'll take myself, you know, it's the end of summer. I'm in Chicago. It's really, really humid and kind of crazy weather here. I'm having a lot of hot flashes. I'm in that stage of life, right? So I know that there's a lot of heat that has been built up in me. I need to cool myself down. So I'm going to pick foods. I'm going to pick routines and self-care practices. I'm going to pick, you know, tools of yoga that all have qualities that are cooling to help cool me off. And so then I can start to pick foods that way, right? So what are some cooling foods? Well, juicy fruits and vegetables, things that have a higher water content or a higher sugar content, cooling herbs. I can add those to my tea, you know, do a mint tea, do a, you know, drink some aloe vera, whatever it is to help cool me off. Does that kind of <laughs> explain? Yes. That yes. makes sense. It's so helpful. And what I'm getting from you as you as you're speaking about this is it's all about being in tune with your body, not necessarily going to the latest article or seeing what's available in the grocery store, but being in tune with your body and your environment and really eating based on that and like, you know, putting things in your body that are going to assist with where you are. Now, I love to talk a bit about the health catalyst how to harness the power of Ayurveda and achieve optimal wellness, your new book. Can you talk a bit about your book and what was the most challenging part about publishing your book? It looks like you published it in 2020. So what was the most challenging part about that process for you? Well, I self-published it actually, because I wanted to just get it out into the world. Given what was going on, I just decided I was not going to go the traditional publishing route for that. It would take too long for the information to get out. And I felt like everyone needed the information. You know, I think the only reason it was challenging was I was sort of doing something I'd never done by myself. I had a coach who helped me sort of, you know, coached me through the writing process because writing a book is very different than writing articles or writing academic anything, you know, studies, papers, or even doing presentations. It's, it's different. But what was nice about the process is that I already had the idea in my head of what I wanted to write because it was based on the previous 10 years of teaching this material, of doing workshops and working with you know people one-on-one and to teaching medical students. I really had to hone in on how I thought about Ayurveda and learn how to teach it really well. And that was why I wrote a book because everybody kept asking me, do you have a book? Do you have more? Do you have more? So I finally took the time to do that. I think the most challenging part was actually editing down the information <laughs> because it, I had a lot more that I wanted to put in there. But my my focus was to really make it a primer for Ayurveda, like a very simple, accessible book that you could stick in your bag and read in a few hours and get the basic idea and start to apply that to your life. Because what I was seeing is that there's these I mean, beautiful books on Ayurveda that have come out in the past few years. I mean, just beautiful. I own all of them. I support all of these Ayurveda authors. And they're very in-depth and they are complicated sometimes. And they can be overwhelming for the average person who doesn't know anything about Ayurveda or is just dipping their toes in. So for me, I think the most challenging part of writing the book was actually keeping that focus and not putting too much information in almost was was the challenge for me. That makes perfect sense. That is definitely a tough part trying to condense everything that you know right. because you're so passionate about the topic as well. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And so when you think about like everything that you wrote in the book and trying to condense it, right? 
what would be the top strategies? Like maybe let's go with your top five strategies for helping someone strengthen their immune system. So let me start with this. I think that the basis of the the tips that I'll give is really this concept is that everything is connected in your body, mind, and spirit. That's the first thing to always remember. Nothing is in a silo. So your immune system is connected to everything else that's going on for you. You can't just isolate it. Because of that, I think that the, the best place to start and the simplest and actually the most accessible and the most powerful place to start is really to work on your nervous system and calming your nervous system down. There's two parts of the autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic. And sympathetic is the acute stress response. And then the parasympathetic is the relaxation response. We unfortunately in this modern world that we live in are in the sympathetic response pretty much 24-7. And that is causing a lot of problems for us health-wise. And so really it comes down to how do I shift myself into the parasympathetic really or shift into para as we kind of say sometimes. And that's really the focus. And the reason that's important is because your nervous system is connected to your immune system. It's connected to your hormones, which control your immune system. So everything is connected. This is the simplest, easiest way. It's free. It's cheap. It's accessible for anybody. And that's why I always like to focus on this first. I mean, people will talk about, you know, you have to, you know, work on your hormones, you work on this, you work on that. That's all true, but this is a good place to start for everybody. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. You can teach this to your children, to the elderly in your, in your, you know, the elders in your family, teach them to move into parasympathetic. And so some simple ways to do that. The first thing I would say is you need to get into a routine, a daily routine of some kind. The pandemic has like put us in a place where nobody has any routines or we're having a hard time. The lines between home and work are so blurred. So that would be the first suggestion. And really within that, I'll just, I'm going to take up two more of my tips <laughs> is create a routine, but focus in on your, first of all, your sleep and wake time, and then focus in on your meal times. Get those regular, whatever you can. Doesn't have to be all of them. Doesn't have to be one better than the other. If you can just pick lunch and make sure that you always have lunch at the same time of the day, start there if that's easy for you. Right. So that would be sort of the first three I would say is first of all, create some kind of a routine. It doesn't matter what. Second, look at your wake and sleep times. Look at your meal times is the third. And then the fourth and fifth would be get some natural sunlight every day before 10 a.m. The reason is because it will reset your circadian rhythm on a daily basis and it puts you in harmony with nature. And that controls all of your hormones in your body. And so it is so important to get some natural sunlight every morning. Go outside for a walk, go sit outside and have your coffee, whatever you need to do. Just get 10 minutes if you can, at least. If you can get 30, that's great. You know, just of being outside and getting some natural sunlight. But 10 to 15 is, is, is perfect. So that would be tip number four. And then tip number five kind of goes along with that, which is get outside in nature every day if you can. There is so much healing in nature. There's, there's a lot of studies that have been done, but 
from an Ayurvedic and yogic perspective, trees and plants have so much fresh prana or life force energy that when we are outside in nature, we have access to all of that fresh prana to keep it moving through our body, which helps to revitalize us and to strengthen our immune systems and our our body, mind, spirit. So the power of being in nature is so incredible. And we know that there there have been studies that have been done, especially in Japan, where they have, you know, a practice called forest bathing. It's just another way of saying get outside. (laughs) But they've actually done studies where they're actually chemicals that are released by plants that are very, very beneficial to the human system. So I think being out in nature would be the fifth one. So I just love those tips. (laughs) Really, because I think I feel validated um, because the first three tips, well, mainly the two, I have to work on the lunch one, the mealtime one. That's what I'm going to work on. But the first two, I have been stressing for everyone Throughout the pandemic, when I talk to folks, I tell people all the time, you know, particularly like clients, to reduce your stress, like you need to have a regular routine. And your sleep is so, so important. I tell, you know, like most folks know now that like I'm in bed like around 10 o'clock. And that I emphasize getting my eight hours of sleep. But now I'm going to really, you know, I'm going to start listening to my friends who have told me about getting outside. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that. Well, I'm going to be honest here. Well, probably because of the season I am in in life right now, but I feel a bit convicted because I'm like, I barely do any of these things. I don't have a sleep schedule really because the baby, the food. And I typically stay in the house a lot because I'm kind of a homebody, but that's so helpful to know that I can just go out like on the patio or go out for a quick walk. So I'm going to be more intentional about doing that for me and the baby. So thank you so much. Yeah. And I think that's a a really good point that you made (laughs) is that you have to consider what season of life you're in also. You know, it's always going to be different and don't beat yourself up for that because I know a lot of people will say that to me like, oh, I have this, that and the other. I'm like, okay, well, Let's take a look at what's going on in your life. What season of life are you in? What life stage are you in? That's really important to consider. So I I really love that you said that and that you're sort of like, okay, well, what can I do from this? How can I take what she's saying and adjust it and apply it to myself and not worry about being perfect, right? Yes, because we're always in and out of balance. So Mm, there we go. (laughs) Full circle moment, full circle. Exactly. So Dr. Avanti. What are the steps for processing and digesting emotional and physical toxins? Mm -hmm. So, you know, in Ayurveda, there's this idea that toxins basically can come from anywhere in our life. But let me back up. The digestion in Ayurveda is the most important. And now we're finding out in modern science what we knew 5,000 years ago, which is the digestion controls everything. So, And, you know, we know about the gut brain and how influential it is on every process in the body. But from a a metaphorical standpoint, which is also what we talk about in the digestion. I mean, we talk about the physical digestion in Ayurveda and really regulating that and making sure it's strong. But then from a metaphor perspective, if you think about it, if your digestion is not strong, you are going to have a buildup of toxins because everything that's coming into your body, all into your system, all day long is just kind of sitting there. It's not getting processed properly. 
if you have a strong digestive fire, strong digestion, you're able to take what you need and get rid of the rest, right? And we have to help that process along as human beings. And so it's sort of this idea that, you know, everything in our lives is, is affecting us. It's coming into us. And if we don't process that stuff, it will build up as toxic substance. It'll build up as toxins and it'll show itself, right? It'll show itself as symptoms, either subtle or obvious, that will start to happen as we get out of balance because we have all these toxins and they're not being eliminated from the body. So some of the, the, the first step is awareness, is always becoming aware of the fact that this is true. And then we really think about five main areas that toxins come from in Ayurveda. And the first is your environment or your space. The next is your relationships, your lifestyle and routines, and then your work, your career, your passions, your roles, responsibilities, whatever you want to call that. And then the diet. We're very fixated on the diet in this culture, which is fine. That's very important, but it's not the whole story, right? So it's important to consider what's going on in my relationships. You know, is that the source of the toxins that are building up in me and then showing up as symptoms? And they can be physical symptoms. They can be emotional symptoms, right? Where are the toxins coming from? Because a common thing that will happen is I'll have people who will come to me and say, but Dr. Vanti, I have cleaned up my diet. You know, I don't eat this. I've eliminated X, Y, and Z, and I still don't feel well. Right because you haven't looked at these other areas of your life, right? Because you can have the most clean diet, quote, clean diet, whatever that is for you personally. But if you haven't dealt with the toxic relationships in your life or the toxin coming from your work, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I see you cheering over okay. there. Dr. Lanti is preaching over here. It. We're on mute, but yes. we're cheering for you. <laughs> that is a word. That is a word right there, a holistic approach. Like, not just the diet, but other aspects of life. Because you're right. You can be in a toxic environment. I think about us being in big cities, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, I have a dream of, like, living far away on, like, a in a nice green area because I know the city toxins are something else. But we're going to get your yes. book so that we can get our lives a bit more, you know, in harmony with nature. But Dr. Avanti, this has been such a, a great conversation. And at this time, we want to shift up the energy of this interview. And because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be classy and ratchet, it's okay to be elegant and dance to strip club music, <laughs> we want to invite you to the OU Clatchet segment. So, Dr. Avanti, do you take on the challenge? I do. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're so happy to hear it. You may not have ever experienced this in any of your interviews, so just get yes. ready for the ride. Okay. <laughs> and now that you've agreed, we want to let you know what to expect. Oh, boy. I agreed before <laughs> I got the So, we're going to ask you three questions. <laughs> we were hoping you would. We were hoping we would get you in. And then we're like, yes. let's tell you what, what to expect now. So we have three questions that we're going to ask. Mm -hmm. We want to share three sentence completions. And then we're going to pull up one photo on social media. We're going to have you choose one of three photos, one of your photos. And we'd love for you to provide a bit more context about the photo that many folks won't know by looking at this particular photo. So we're going to mm -hmm. jump on in with the first question, which is, What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Listen to your intuition, trust yourself, 
And as a physician, I was taught way when I first started in medical school by an attending. I still remember his face. I can't remember his name, but he said to me, Avanti, always listen to what the patient is saying, but also look at their face, look at what their what their expressions are, and you will get a lot of information. And I've never left. I've never lost that piece of advice. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. So powerful. All right. Next question. Twerk or two-step? Probably two-step <laughs> because I have college-age kids. And if I said twerk, they'd be like, mom, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Baby, you know, you, if you want to twerk, they'll, they'll just have to learn I to know. be okay with it. <laughs> I don't know that I would know how to twerk. That's probably also why I picked two-step because actually I don't even know how to two-step. I just fake that. But the twerking, I'd be like, I don't know how to do this. So It's okay. It's so funny. I feel like kids always have a way of humbling us, right? Kids <laughs> yes. always will humble you. you think. Yeah, I'll twerk. I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. So Dr. Vasi, what's the sexiest item that you own? I guess lingerie. I don't know. I've been married 25 years, you guys. That's beautiful. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. Okay, so you have some sexy items up in, in yes. that wardrobe. I do. <laughs> I do. All right. Well, now we're going to shift to the three sentence completions. One question or topic I wished people asked me more about more often. How to be creative. All right. Because I think most people assume that because I'm a doctor, I'm not creative. All right. Well, Dr. Avanti, how do you encourage creativity in people and how do you (laughs) express creativity? I express creativity through actually it's the oddest thing. I love making cards. I have ever since I was a child, just like gluing and, you know, painting and all those kinds of things. I think that's also why When I was in medical school, I decided to go into emergency medicine because I wanted to do procedures because I love doing things with my hands. So, and my mom's an artist and my kids are very artistic. So I would say like making cards, actually making jewelry, like just, I never, whatever. It's just like beading and things like that. Just for fun. That's, I I like to do that. And I think as far as encouraging creativity, I think it's, again, it comes down to this idea of perfection. There is no such thing. So like left, leave that behind and you don't have to be Picasso. You don't have to be, you know, Monet. You don't have to be like this amazing artist or to be able to do art or to be creative. That is so beautiful. I love that. And it reminds me of something I saw on social media recently. Someone said your self-care practice doesn't have to be pretty and appealing for social media. You know, how folks are like taking, I mean, some of it may be, but some folks will like take a nice spiritual bath and they have everything just so perfect and they take a picture and it kind of discourages some folks because you're like, oh, my mind doesn't look this way. But I love that you are emphasizing that things do not have to be perfect and we're not in balance 100% of the time. So thank you for that. Our last sentence completion here is what I love most about myself is that I'm willing to take a risk no matter how uncomfortable it is because pretty much I've never taken the the straight path that people would expect for me and or expect that I would and so I think that the fact that I've been afraid and been sort of you know worried about what other people think I've done it anyway Oh, I love that. That's so, that's courageous. 
I love that. Thank you. All right, Dr. Vonta, we have three photos that we're going to okay. have you choose from. So okay. what you need to do is choose a number from one to three, and we'll just flash a photo on screen for you. Okay, two. Two? Mm-hmm. All right, let's go ahead and do it. This is a good one. Oh. <laughs> so tell us about this photo that we're looking at. So this is a picture from the day that I graduated from medical school. And I took seven years through medical school and I had both my kids during medical school. I got married and had both my children. That's Zane in the far corner and then Isha in my arms. And what people don't, you wanted me to say what people wouldn't know. And I mean, it was one of the happiest days of my life because I finally finished medical school and I did it even though everyone thought I would never be able to finish because I chose to have my kids during medical school. And so it was the happiest day of my life. And it was also one of the scariest days because I knew I was going to go into training (laughs) a few, Mm -hmm. like a month later. But I think what also doesn't probably show is that at this time, I was dealing with a lot of depression. Actually, I was really struggling with depression. I've spoken about this actually before my podcast. And I was sort of so overwhelmed by my life, by all the roles and responsibilities that I had. It was a wife, it was a daughter, my husband's South Asian. I had, you know, South Asian in-laws, lots of expectations on me, two children and a career in medicine. And I was overwhelmed and I think I was really down and lonely. And so at the time I was struggling and I was like, God, I made it. And now what? So yeah, that's that's the story behind that picture. Thank you for sharing that. I think, you know, the beautiful part of why we added this segment to the OU Classic segment is because we never know the real story behind the photos that people post. And the the common thread or theme that we notice is that there's always something bigger behind those photos. And it's a beautiful, it's often a beautiful story and a beautiful lesson for all of us. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. And so Dr. Avanti, thank you so much for sharing your time, your energy, your expertise. And where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so you can find me, uh, my full name. I'm usually on Instagram. I don't have time for so many different places to be. So Instagram is really where I kind of hang out. And my handle is Avanti Kumar Singh, my full name. And then other than that, yeah. And then other than that, you can find, you can access me and everything that I'm doing through my website, which is AvantiKumarSingh.com. Yay. Thank you so much. This was so amazing. And Dr. Avanti, now that you've been on the podcast, we've had a chance to learn more about you. We think that you kind of get the vibe and the energy of our podcast, our mission. Although we are dedicated to uplifting Black women, we have listeners from all walks of life and all backgrounds. And so we'd love to know, in your opinion, based on your experience here, who you think we should interview next and if you'd be open to making an introduction. Oh, wow. I'll have to think about that. There's lots of people I think you should interview. Okay. Can I get back to you on that? Because I have. Of course. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Absolutely. You can definitely get back to us. We appreciate you so much. And 
Lady, we hope you enjoyed the interview. Yes, I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. It was so, it was so much fun. Really, really fun. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website, cultivatingherspace.com, and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Greatness is my birthright, so I no longer ask for permission.